2: minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
3: Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perich, joined as always by Sarah Kelleher, Dusty Evely. What is going on? Packers over the Bears in a convincing fashion. It was a fun game, guys. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Drop a 40 burger on the Bears. Uh can't be doing anything other than just
4: absolutely amazing.
5: Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Um anytime we beat the Bears, the Packers beat the Bears, it's a fun time, but when you crush the Bears, it's an even better time. So yeah, feel, feeling good.
3: Yeah, it was uh it was quite the the fun game to watch. Uh any any big takeaways for you guys? I mean, I had one prior to us recording, but I, I don't think I want to say that on the podcast just so much.
4: That's fair. Uh, no, I mean, it was good. I mean, that's still... I mean, the, the Bears are not a good team. Juriski, obviously, terrible. Turns out, not the answer. Still can't throw left. But, I mean, that's that's a good defense. I mean, we talked about it last week. I mean, they were the third-ranked defense, and they were equally good against the running and the pass. Good pass rush. Rodgers, they didn't record a single QB hit against Rodgers, and it seemed like, I mean, the only... Plays they really missed were kind of the Rodgers had a big underthrow and there's a couple of missed throws, but that that offense just did whatever they wanted to do. And that oh, they included getting the run game going. I know Hicks was out. Um, so that was a part of it, but they just seemed like they want, they did whatever they wanted to do against the top five defense. Like that was a very, very encouraging game.
3: A couple of, couple of drops in there too, but um, yeah, yeah. Overall just outstanding game. Sarah, what'd you think?
5: It was great. I had to laugh because I just, thought back on Jimmy Graham's comment in the season, <laughs> like, the season. They they want to win Super Bowls. No disrespect to anyone else here. Like that was such a dumb thing to say at the time and now it's like even dumber because they just I I don't did he do anything? Like I, I literally don't think they said the blame until the fourth he I
3: thought th- like two points of the ball in the game, fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah.
5: Yeah, so that was that just kind of made me chuckle. And then Aaron Rodgers was just phenomenal. I mean, he's had a great year, and just watching him do what he does best was really fun. I mean, and then five different guys scored a touchdown on offense, and then obviously Preston Smith um, had his time to shine on Sunday, too. So it was, it was really cool. Sometimes we see, like, Aaron Jones has two touchdowns. Devontae Adams has two touchdowns. But there was a lot of different people in the mix, and that's always really fun to just – See everybody shine and have a great time and I don't know I lo- I loved it every second of it was fun.
3: Yeah, I had two two overwhelming thoughts that made me laugh. Uh first Mitchell Trubisky just just sucks. Like so mm-hmm. bad. Watching that play where he's throwing the ball clearly to the left because he can't throw to the left and Anthony Miller is sitting there. It just it fell to the ground. It was in between two guys. He sat there, like, shrugged his shoulders, like, Who was that to? <laughs> Who did you throw that ball to? And just, like, the clear disdain the Bears players have for him. I, I think there's another, uh, there's a tweet of, uh, you know, Trubisky giving his motivational speech before the game started, and one of the defensive linemen standing behind him, like, Really, bro? <laughs> really? Like, those were, that was making me laugh. And then I think it was. Rodgers on McAfee today, and I'm. you guys will touch on that a little bit more. But him saying how cool, like, the milestones were of uh, getting Mercedes Lewis, what, that was his 400th catch on a touchdown pass. Um, Devontae Adams got his 500th catch on a touchdown pass, and then he surpassed. 50,000 passing yards on a touchdown ball too. So like just the milestones were stacking up for the Packers in this game. We'll even talk a little bit more uh, about uh, even more of the the things that the Packers have been doing on offense. So it was really, really cool uh, to see the Packers just destroy the bears because we all know bears fans suck. So a lot, a lot of fun to watch that game. I was, I was laughing a lot out loud and texting my buddies in Chicago and, and laughing quite a bit. So, We did have a, a prop bet for this game, and it was the over-under of the Bears scoring 19.5 points. We all took the under, and the Bears screwed us with their garbage-time touchdown. So sadly, that puts us at 4-6 and six, uh, for all of us for our prop bets. We will have one for the Eagles game coming up. I'm not happy about it, but Sarah picked it, and that's what we're going to do. Moving on, news and notes. We've got the packers have a new wide receiver. Can you believe it, guys? It's exciting and a and a, four, a first round pick
4: a first Woo-hoo! round pick, Steve yeah talent, Can you talent imagine? for
6: you
3: Can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers actually throws him a touchdown pass like the the national news is going to go crazy?
4: well i mean Lewis Lewis caught one this past week, so he's got what uh three or four touchdown passes of first rounders now, like those numbers are steadily rising anyway, so mhm-
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, For those of you who haven't been paying attention, Tavon Austin is now a Green Bay Packer wearing number 16. Sorry, Jake Kumaro, It doesn't look like you're coming back. But Jarius Shepard has now officially been cut. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they moved him back to the practice squad because I really don't see anybody claiming him. But uh, let's get some initial reactions. I mean, I know I'm the smartest man alive who is calling for this in the. Well, this was like the preseason when yeah, you I think talking. we were talking about
4: possible free agent moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, obviously, I you know once once in a blue moon, I'm kind of right on something. So here you go. I, I finally got one right. Maybe I should be the assistant GM to the Packers. But Sarah, what are you thinking? What's uh, does this move the needle for you at all?
5: I mean, a little bit. I think it's worth getting a little excited for. It's obviously not something that's going to completely change the offense and everything that's happening, but I think good things are already happening on offense. This is someone else that you know could shake things up a little bit. I know Dusty will probably go into a little bit more of the details about how he can make that happen. And then, yeah, I wasn't shocked that uh, Shepherd was cut. That was kind of something that I thought would have happened maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, so, when I saw that news, I wasn't necessarily surprised, and I definitely think he'll uh, probably be on the practice squad.
4: Yeah, I, I love it, man. I mean, aside from the return stuff, which they've had issues with anyway, you know, I've talked about, you know, the, the jet motion and kind of and some of that stuff kind of closer to aligning what you're trying to do. And the Packers have had, I mean, I guess with EQ in there now, they've got a little bit more, but we saw when, when Irvin went down the offense can kind of suffer, which is insane to me because he's he's kind of a bit part guy, but that is such a big part of what they do. And so you now have, you you know, whenever Irvin comes back, if slash when, I still have no idea kind of what that timeline looks like at all. You know, but Austin, that can essentially do the same thing. He's your turner. He, can, he works as jet motion guy. And so what they've been doing in the meantime, EQ's been healthy. So they've been running EQ on the jet stuff. But essentially when you run the jet motion stuff, unless you give it to that guy, it's not necessarily a wasted route, but for the most part, that guy ends up sitting in the flat. And so you're burning, say, EQ, who showed some good stuff downfield uh, you know, throughout his couple-year career and, again, this past weekend. Not amazing, but he's shown some ability. MVS is your big deep threat. So you don't really want him and his skill set anyway. You want someone that can run that stuff that is you know, fast but also quick twitch that can make stuff happen in space. You also had Lazard. Lazard. I posted something today. Um, Lazard had uh, something where he kind of sat in the in – the, flat afterwards and they check down to him and he tries to make something happen in space. and I like Lazard but that's not really his game so now you've got with Austin you essentially have a backup for Tyler Irvin so you've got your returner you've got a guy that does jet motion stuff that close to the line kind of fast quick twitch guy that can do something with the ball in his hands in space that can then open up the offense for those guys now you're not burning EQ or Lazard on the jet motion stuff you're getting those guys downfield a little bit more because you don't have to burn them on that close to the line stuff so I mean it's you know, I don't expect him to be a game changer. You know, probably, you know, for the look to give him a couple touches a game, it's not going to be anything insane. But as far as, like, the things that make that offense work, having a guy like that in your offense where you don't have to burn those other guys, that's pretty big to get the offense to work. So, I, I again, I don't think game changer, he's not going to be huge, but he is going to help that offense run more smoothly, um, even with Irvin out, and allow some of those guys to get downfield a little more. So I'm, I'm very, very
3: excited about this move. Yeah, it's, it's super exciting. It's uh, an aspect of the Packers game that's been lacking for years of kick returns, pun returns. It just, they haven't had that difference, that playmaker. And I know it's seven years since he was a first round draft pick. It's maybe he's considered a bust. Maybe he's on the backside of his career, but if he can give you a couple plays, like you said, Dusty. If he can give you some good field position, like turn the field a little bit off of a punt. If he can do that off a kick return, like those are things that the Packers just don't have at all. Like when's the last time there was a big return? Like, I, I can't remember the last time there was a big return for the Packers. That I mean, I think Micah Hyde had a couple. Trevor Davis. Was, I mean, what? Trevor Davis
4: was very good. Uh, he, he would fumble some, but when he got his hands on a ball, Trevor Davis could make something happen, but not consistently.
7: 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now... This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed. dot com slash blue wire. Offer valid through December thirty first. Term and conditions
3: apply. Exactly. I mean, it was one of those things. It was it was feast or famine with Trevor Davis. It was you'd be oh my god that was amazing or oh god that. Oh, was he fielded a punt inside the four, right? <laughs> and then he got tackled immediately. <laughs> so. I mean, it's exciting. It's. Uh, I think I saw Ken Inglis put out that the difference in pay between Darius Shepard and Tavon Austin for five games is going to be like $110,000. So just, I mean, an insane upgrade in the position and for that amount of money, just a really good move. So it's really cool to see that happen. Kenny Stills is still on the market, so that'll be fascinating to see if the Packers would do something along those lines. Uh, but when you're talking about former Texans, yeah, gracious. Uh, oh my God! Did the Packers dodge a bullet by not trading for World? Cup. Suspended for six games for performance-enhancing supplements. I, I mean, at this point, I don't like if you're if you're taking a performance enhancer. That's one thing, but to not to take something like I think he claimed that it was something he just wasn't approved by the NFL or I think the team doctor gave what, it to him or something. Yeah. Think,
5: he wasn't aware that it was like a violation.
3: It's just, it's one of those things that you kind of sit there and you shake your head and like, you've seen, I've seen the story enough to the point of how do you put something in your body that you have not cleared with the NFL? Like, I don't care if your team doctor says it. I wouldn't trust my team. Like I want, I'm going to the NFL. I'm saying, okay, is this cool? Make sure it's cool. Like, Given how the NFL is run,
4: do you think they're picking up that line and answering you very quickly, Steve?
3: <laughs> like, with some of the stuff they think they Why care enough about. are you defending about,
4: Will Fuller? Oh, no, I'm saying, do you think they care enough about individual player where if you went to them? I mean, for me, if that's team doctor, oh, okay. I always think like if you go to the drugstore, that's one thing. But for me, if that's me, if the team doctorate – and now, again, we don't know exactly what it was. We don't know if that story is even true but if that is true okay. and if he did go to the team doctor i would like to think that the doctor of the team would be checking would be running that stuff by the you know what i mean like that's that, like that's it's a weird thing to me to have like the team doctor giving you non approved things when they are the team doctor
3: that's yes. a bad I mean, that's, that's a bad team doctor <laughs> It's the Texans, man. Come on. Like they're firing all the good people. I mean, to be fair, they're fi- they they fire- they fired Bob, which is a really good decision. Mm-hmm. That was a really good decision to fire him. Uh but I mean, like they fired the 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 woman that was in charge of I think PR and yeah. uh which as soon as she got fired everybody like jumped on that and said what the hell are you doing Texans? Like she's one of the good ones. Um who the hell wants to be part of the Texans? And I feel like all of a sudden now they're just all these players. I think it was Bradley Roby. Uh, yeah, Roby got, got popped too. Yeah. And at this point, it's kind of like maybe they're trying to do it on purpose. Like, do you just not want? I just don't. I just don't want to play for the Texans anymore. Like, yeah, what, what's going on? Well, so, Fuller, I guess I mean, with the injury history. Just get out, just get out the season. Make it to that oh, next yeah. contract healthy. Yeah, that. That's like, more I'm a, more. I'm gonna get a big contract. That's It'll true. be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> next up, we have uh, one of the best birthdays ever. For Aaron Rodgers coming up, so uh, clearly he listens to the Pack a Day podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, happy birthday, big guy! You're only a couple of years uh, behind Dusty and I. Mm-hmm. So uh, the best—I'd like to say the best is yet to come, but I mean for the way the man treats his body, like he—he's he, still going to be running a, a couple of years, a couple of years from now for the Packers, I think. And I, I saw a couple of tweets after the game of the Bears that said, "No way in hell." Jordan Love ever takes a snap for the Packers. Agree or disagree? On Aaron Rodgers' birthday, do you agree or disagree? Sarah, you're first.
5: I'm just here, so I won't get fined. I'm not. (laughs) Oh,
3: Oh my God. That was like the best response ever. (laughs) I don't think Dusty can even top that, so we're just gonna, I'll just cut it off because I did not tell them I was going to ask them <laughs> that question. <laughs> that, was, that was perfect, Sarah. Nice work. Nice work. Uh, before we get into McAfee, the one other news and note coming out. Um, the Packers have become just the second team since the merger to score 40-plus points against all their division opponents in a single season. And fun fact you want to know the old, the coach has been a part of both of those Matt LaFleur 2016 Falcons it's the only other time it's happened Nice that's awesome so, He's very good. cool Yeah I mean I, I I'm digging what uh, what he's doing on on offense he's starting really really coming into his own on the the play calling and it's been a lot of fun to watch this offense just continually grow and I think that's the biggest thing is that it's not just stagnant; it's it's continual growth from this offense. They're they're putting up big numbers on teams. They probably could have put up a couple more against the Bears, but I feel like uh, they kind of eased off a little bit. Maybe I think there there was potential for a fifty burger there. There was, I think, I think it was late in the game too
4: when Rogers, it was like third and thirteen, and he missed Adams or Adams, it kind of glanced off his hand or something. He chucked deep. Like, there was a couple of plays in there that I feel like they were like, I we up by so much, let's just go for it. Um, that they didn't quite hit on. But yeah, you're right. They they could have they could have put up more than the forty one.
3: Yeah, could have been cool. Would have been fun to see the fifty burger again against the Bears. But I I guess I can deal with forty plus points on the Bears. So. All right, Tuesday uh, means that Rodgers is talking with Pat McAfee, so let's get some takeaways. Sarah, what uh, were a couple things that you saw from the show this week?
5: Yes, it was a fun one, as always. They sang uh, Aaron Rodgers' Happy Birthday, which was fun, and he looked incredibly uncomfortable the entire time (laughs) they were singing Happy Birthday to him, so that was pretty hilarious. Uh, He also talked a little bit about Jenkins and just – impressed he's been with him this season and how he's just moving all over the line and he was he said I woke up on Monday and I hadn't been hit once on Sunday and it was the best feeling in the world (laughs) um and it was just pretty funny because he said when you're a quarterback in general but if you're a quarterback that's my age and you don't get hit once like I, I he's like it felt great I felt awesome um and then I guess he went and got a massage um yesterday as well. So good for Aaron Rodgers. Like we said, he's taking care of himself. So I think he's got years left in him at this point. Um, At the end of their whole discussion, you know, Pat McAfee always has like topics that he wants to get through with Aaron Rodgers. And he didn't touch specifically on one topic. And Aaron Rodgers actually said, before I go, like, I really Mm -hmm. want to bring this up. And I really want to talk about this. And he talked about Mercedes Lewis and just how he is the most likable guy on the team, how everyone loves him. And he said no one gets more excited when a player scores than when it's Mercedes Lewis. He said you'll see guys like Devontae and Jones, he you know said Jonesy, and NBS. He said those guys, and myself included, get so excited when he scores because there's just a such a high level of respect for him and we love to see him succeed. And he really went on a whole, just, you know, talk about how Mercedes Lewis is such an important piece of their team in the locker room, on the field, and that he's big reason for, you know, that they're able to do what they have, what they can do on offense this season and what we've seen them do. And like we were just talking about, put so many points up on the board, even against great defenses. So it, it was really cool. And, um, I was thinking in my head, you know, anytime Aaron Rodgers says something nice, it's like, oh, he's such a bad leader, you know. (laughs) And then uh, Pat McAfee was like, well, I can't believe you said that because you're just such a bad teammate or something (laughs) like that. It it made me laugh, but it was really cool. And um, I know, like, he's always been a big fan of Mercedes Lewis, but to kind of hear him talk about that and how the other guys feel, I thought was super awesome.
1: The
0: wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day, every day, head to bet online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
3: Yeah,
4: I think he's in a pretty gracious mood as well because he talked a lot about, like pretty early on, he was talking a lot about um, receivers. Specifically, he called out Lazard and MVS. He said, uh, Lazard... He, he he mentioned a couple blocks and like just some instinctual plays that he made. He just said he's just he's a smart player making smart plays. And later he mentioned and this is I mean I think we talked about this last week. I feel like we talked about this every single week just heaping praise on MBS. Um, he mentioned uh, practice from the previous week that he said he made like two genius plays back-to-back and just his ability and his work ethic and how that kind of bleeds through. And, and this is a point he he reiterated a couple times throughout that talk was just he kept saying talent only goes so far. He's like with, with smart players – regardless of, you know, if it's super high talent, you can do a lot with that, which, you know, there's a whole lot of before the season, even in the season. You get the floor saying stuff like, we like the guys we have in the building. Uh, and hearing Rodgers talk about that continuously, praising these guys out there, and we know, Sarah, I think you brought up last week, we know that he's not a guy that's throwing around praise if he doesn't actually mean it. We've heard him, you know, talk in public, you know, last year, two years ago, I guess. I think it was MVS and EQ and Jamal Moore were rookies. Uh, just, just saying, like these guys got a long way to go, and just kind of blasting them a little bit because they weren't where he kind of hoped they were going to be. So hearing praise from him, and then you backed that up with some of the stuff we're hearing on the floor, even you know, Guru can saying about liking the guys they have in the building. I think meant a lot. Um, you know, he he knows what he has. He likes what they have there. So just just hearing that praise, I thought, like, I always I always think that's cool. Um, and he also talked about the uh, the touchdown to to Big Bob Tunyon. Big Bob Tunyon. Uh, if I think uh, Rodgers has Tunyon in his head, because I think he called them. Uh, bub at first called it bub bub Tunyon, uh, just kind of got got crossed up there. But he talked about the there was an exchange between him and the floor between him and the floor on the sideline, and Rogers kind of shaking his head and then like nodding and stuff. And he's like it was, it was kind of they had that call originally. I think played roll ripe or Rogers wanted to roll that away from Khalil Mack. Because he thought that would work a little better, so he's like he said, just some of that communication between him and him and the team, him and Lafleur, just being able to have that trust, have that ability to switch that stuff up, to to be able to like do that stuff on the fly. Uh, I thought just hearing any of that communication stuff is really really interesting, kind of how that stuff happens, um, how that how they kind of work that out on the fly is really interesting. So I thought that was a that was a good little tidbit there.
3: I think the best nickname I've seen for Tunyon now is off of Twitter, where somebody called him Large Robert. Which I just really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know who that came from. I don't know where it came from, but that one uh, still makes me laugh. And the only other thing from the McAfee show, I think this actually came from um, from Aaron from Game on Wisconsin, but I think it was a tweet that said, "Can we get Rogers like a stand for his phone?" So he can actually put it sideways. I mean, like a birthday present, legit. Like McAfee's. I'm sure he's doing all right financially. Like they can, uh, you know, uh, you know, they're paying Rogers to be on the show, but I'm sure they can send him something where he has a stand where he can put his phone sideways or whatever. But stop doing the stop doing the straight up and down mode. Like give it, give everybody what they want. Like a, a legit, legit shot uh, of uh, of just him, you know it's just it's like a ninety year old person using a phone for the first yeah, time. Yeah, he's like, always oh, in the same spot. This,
4: this segment I think started with him walking, but he's always sitting in that same location. Yeah, you're right. He could yeah. just yeah, it's pretty
3: easy to just have There's something. In there. In there. Yeah. Turn the phone around turn the phone. It's not that hard. But Again, this is the things that we're criticizing Rodgers about. It's not his play on the field, it's not anything. I mean he's throw he's got the thirty three touchdowns to four interceptions, and I'm criticizing him for not being able to turn his phone around. So If this is the biggest problem the Packers have, I think we're doing okay. We are doing okay. So let's move on. We've got uh, next game up for the Packers where we're going to preview the Packers' offense versus their opponent's defense, and it happens to be the hapless Eagles. Hmm. Uh, 325 Sunday, Romo, Nance, Wolfson. It's going to be fun to have have that uh, crew on the game. And what are the Eagles like? One and 27 or something like that. Is that the actual one? Three, seven,
4: and one, which is funnier, I think.
3: (laughs) That's even better. Even better. Even better. So uh, same thing we always do. We're going to be looking for one thing each that uh, we're hoping we, we can see in the game or what we're looking for to happen in the game. So Sarah, I'll have you start us off as the one big thing you're looking for in the game for Packers offense versus Eagles defense.
5: So I'm going to be looking at red zone efficiency. The Packers have been, like, really, really strong in the red zone um, this year. They're ranked third in the league, um, scoring touchdowns when they're in the red zone. So they score a touchdown 74.42% of the time, which is pretty darn good. Um, And the Eagles, uh, their red zone defense is not so great. So uh, 63% of the time they give up a touchdown, um in the red zone. So I'm just gonna be looking to see, you know, what the Packers have up their sleeve there. They've obviously been great all year, but they really could just pummel the Eagles in this area on Sunday. Uh Rogers is also eighteen and two in home games um in December since two thousand nine and the Eagles are one and four on the road this year. So uh I think it's going to be a Packers win, um, but I'm just going to be looking a little more at you know, what are we doing in the red zone. Obviously, it's been really great, but I really think we're going to exploit a major weakness uh, for the Eagles and should be another fun one. I feel like we could uh, drop a few points in this one again, too.
4: Yeah, I, I usually, when I go, I you know I try looking at passing game. That's what I'm interested in. That's what I like looking at. And so it's always like a, I start looking at stats. I look at this stuff, and I see like, okay, where can they exploit them? Eagles are bad against the pass. So I'm like, okay, where are they most bad? They're 23rd against wide receiver one. They're 30th against wide receiver two. They're 26th against tight end. They're 28th against running back. Okay, they're bad everywhere. They are bad everywhere. So then what about zones? What about areas of the field? So that's where I'm going to settle in. So, the Eagles are 31st at defending the deep portion of the field. Like deep is, is uh, 15 plus yards down the field. They're 28th against the short area, so still not good. But they're worse against they're worse <laughs> against the deep. So it turns out they're bad all over the place. They're worst in the deep middle by a mile. So we'll say between the hashes, 15 plus yards down the field, absolutely terrible. Like by 20 plus percentage points by uh, by football outsiders DVOA. So, if we're looking at those deep numbers, that's where Rodgers has his best yards per attempt on the season. He's averaging 18.1 yards per attempt when targeting in the middle of the field. The funny thing is, the Eagles play a lot of single highs, so I have no idea how this is happening, which is fun. Uh, he's completing, uh, Rodgers completed 56% of his passes deep middle. And for for some context, deep right, 41%, deep left, 36%. deep mineral. And that's where the Eagles are the worst. And so we've seen, you know, some of this. He missed, um, didn't miss, I guess. I think he kind of hit Adams in the arm on a deep uh, deep run to the middle uh, late in the game this past week. And you've got MVS kind of opening up some stuff down there they've hit. So they are taking shots down there. So that's that's one of those areas I'm kind of looking at. Okay, when they're taking their shot, because the Eagles are actually pretty good if you're looking at a zone. They're good deep right, and that's where the Packers like to go the most. They do that transition fade with Devontae Adams a lot. So And that's the area the Eagles are the best in. So I'm kind of wondering, okay, when they take their shot, I'm watching that that deep middle of the field. Are they going to look at a lot of those kind of vertical routes up the middle and try to hit those? Um, and, again, they're bad all over the place, so you kind of just pick wherever you like best here. But that's where they're the worst. So
3: watch that deep middle of the field. I'm going to be fascinated to watch the running backs because, I mean, everybody who's listening to this podcast, they know how I feel about Aaron Jones versus Jamal Williams. And their usage and this lack this last week, I, I feel like it spoke volumes. Like it was 17 carries for both of them, 17 carries each. Aaron Jones had one reception, um, and they both did very well. I feel like Aaron Jones is the more dynamic of the of the backs should be getting more. But clearly, when your offense is putting up 40 points um, on a top tier defense. Maybe I should just shut the hell up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, clearly, I'm not an offensive play caller. Clearly, I'm not a GM. But it's just something that I'm going to continually watch: is how they decide to use those running backs. If it's wanting to just diversify and using, you know, Aaron Rodgers as or Aaron Jones as that elusive back, and Jamal Williams as more of the power back, and if. Um, you know, a second round pick can never get back from COVID. Like, we'll we'll see if they can use him too. But now it's it's working. It, it's it's going well, and I imagine versus the as Dusty said, this this hapless <laughs> Eagles defense. Like, it, it the the rushing game is going to be just fine, as well as the passing game. It's I, I, I hesitate to say it's going to be an easy game, but I mean, I just saw that the the Packers are favored by nine and a half points, so that's. <laughs> that's that's saying a lot from vegas mm-hmm. saying that nine and a half points is is the way that they feel that that game's gonna go so um and I just looked at it as well for the last what is it i think five the last five weeks the eagles have scored let's see we've got <laughs> seventeen 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 twenty three twenty two and to round it out, they lost to the Ravens by scoring 28. So, haven't having cleared, having cleared 30 points in six weeks. And if the Packers' defense does decently well and the Packers' offense is still flying, like, it's, it's not even a question. So, that kind of leads us into our prop bet for this week because if the Eagles' offense is struggling... Sarah, it is your turn for a prop bet, so why don't you lead us into what you're thinking.
5: Yeah, so we're we're running out of things uh, to do for the prop bet, so we have to get creative, and I know a big storyline this week was uh, Jalen Hurts, or the lack of Jalen Hurts, uh, and the amount of snaps that he took um, on Monday night. Everyone was expecting uh, him to play a lot more, and he did not. Um, So Dusty so kindly looked into how many snaps he's taken all year. um, And we are going to set our over-under this week at three and a half snaps for Jalen (laughs) Hurts.
3: How the hell is this our prop bet? The over-under on the backup quarterback snaps. Like, this is just...
5: We're running out of things to do.
3: No, we're not. You just didn't think... You didn't even think about this until today. That's, that's I blame you. I,
4: that's what I usually do
3: as well. I know. <laughs> I, do, I do it as well, but, I, I mean, normally we involve, like, the starters, so I feel like that's better, but I just wanted to yell at Sarah. All uh, right. I'm... I legitimately... I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I. I'll take the under... It's been several weeks in a row that he's had the under as long as Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt. I think he still maybe gets one or two snaps like that, but I feel like you can't, you can't do it again. You can't do what, um, what they did to Carson Wentz. You can't go to Jalen Hurts for a couple snaps and then go back to him. Like you can't keep going back and forth. You have to make that decision. And if it's going to be Jalen Hurts, then start him, then do that. But, Like, you can't continually bench Wentz and then come right back to him. Like, that's just – that's a a horrible, horrible way to coach a football team. So, I will say the under 3.5. I'm
4: going to take the over. I feel like – let's get weird with it. Uh, Steve, you had a um – I don't think you've read it yet, but you had a tweet about the the, the Eagles and their cap situation. Uh, I feel like they're in t- dire straits again. They're th- they're three seven and one right now, um, which is oddly enough, I think second in <laughs> the NFC's. Uh it's just ridiculous. So they're still in the running, but, like, they're not actually going to do anything. So maybe they start looking to see what they have in Jalen Hurts, or maybe to spark something they have they throw him in for a drive or two or sprinkle him in a little more. I mean, he's he's not – like you said, he's not really hit, I think, more than three snaps in the past four weeks, if I'm not mistaken. But, I don't know, I feel like uh feeling froggy today. So let's, let's take the over.
5: I'm going to take the under um, because I think – for a little bit, the Packers defense might make the Eagles' offense look okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I mean, I think they'll be able to handle them, but there there will be moments where uh, maybe Carson Wentz doesn't look so bad. Um, so that that was just kind of my uh, negative thinking that I'm going to take the under.
3: And uh, Dusty was referring to. There's a tweet, and it's from. Archon14 on Twitter, um, let me just pull it up right now, but it's talking about how unbelievably horrible the Eagles are in their cap situation, and it's just so unbelievably comical that it's, it's almost one of those things that you can't even make up. And basically what happens is... The primary issue for the Eagles is that they're $88.8 million over the cap for next year right now. Their best bet is to be atrocious for the next year and engage in a multi-year rebuild because this team has no lane forward for the next three or so years. But it gets even better. The Eagles could cut every single player with a cap gain this offseason and still would be $32.3 million over the cap and only have 11 players on their roster. <laughs>
2: <That's insane. laughs>
3: They'll obviously have to do a bunch of restructures, utilize some void years to get under the cap, but that's the reality. Uh, there will be most likely a lot of June 1st trades or cuts to get under the cap, uh Potential people would be Carson Wentz, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Darius Slade, Jason Kelsey, Jason Hargrave. Like these are core players that the yeah. Eagles were depending on, and it's it's just insane. Like for every time that the Packers fans are talking about, like why aren't we signing this guy? Why aren't we signing this guy? It, or why are we restructuring? Why aren't we doing this? This is the reason. This is the reason why the Packers do things and operate the way that they do. They're always financially sound, and especially in an off year, I guess you would say, like where things are going to be crazy with COVID and they're dropping the salary cap most likely. So it's going to be a, a different, different type of year. So um, this is pretty much the example as to why the Packers do things the way that they do.
4: Well, and it's, I mean, it's worth pointing out that, that they were not expecting the cap to drop, and so those numbers, those number, those numbers are absurd just because the cap is dropping. But they were not; they would not be in a good situation even if it was a normal year and the cap was rising. Like that's a; it's a mess no matter which way you slice it. It's just worse now.
3: Very true. Very true. Time for some questions. Uh, we got a couple this week. Um, wasn't as many as normal. We got. Uh, crap ton of interaction on uh on one tweet so that'll be it'll be a lot of fun but uh we will start off with uh one from sarah who got outside of savage who surprised you the most in the bears game and that's from packer backer so sarah who was the one who surprised you the most in the game
5: Honestly, Preston Smith, just because he hasn't done a lot this year. We've talked about this before on the podcast. I know Gary got the start over him, and maybe that fired him up a little bit because this was like easily his best game of the season. Obviously, he had the fumble recovery and the touchdown, and that was great and glorious, but he played really well, too. Um, so that, that surprised me. I wasn't really expecting that. Um, when I saw Gary got the start, I was just kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. He's been playing better. But Preston Smith definitely looked good on Sunday.
4: Yeah, for me, it's, uh, I don't know about I'm not surprised. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know about surprised, but I, I'd say I was really pleased with what, uh, what Equinemius St. Brown did on the field. He's played his highest number of snaps on the season. And this is a guy I was super high on him coming into the year, and obviously he had, you know, Lost all last year, and he's been injured off and on this year. Kind of limited participant in practice. Seems like just about every single week, but he plays highest number of snaps, uh, 38 snaps, which is over 50% of the offensive snaps. He didn't have that high of production. Uh, two catches on his two targets for 39 yards, but he did really good job with the run after catch on both of those, uh, picking up some extra yards after the catch, which is kind of his thing. You know, he did he showed that out a little bit, and also on his uh, the ones he was not target on, like ran some good routes. So it's kind of one of those. Before the season, I was really high on him. It was like. If, this, if he puts it all together, then you don't know how he's going to do with the lost season. But if he puts it all together, he could be really, really good. And I don't know if this is the start of that, but I know I know they're showing more faith and confidence in him that he that he is seeing the field more. And when he's out there, he's putting good stuff out there. So again, I don't know about surprise, but like really, really pleased with what he showed this past
3: week. Where have you looked at the all twenty two so yep. far this week? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, with that jet sweep, what what did that look like? Did he just take straight up take the wrong angle? <laughs> uh, it, it, it was tough to tell. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with it, but it, it seemed
4: like I don't know if he didn't trust the block inside or what because it was kind of like a a lot of indecision. I did not love that one. That was a little bizarre. Okay. But I also, that's one of those, again, with, with Irvin and other guys doing that, I don't know that he's had a lot of reps on that, and so that was kind of one of those sure. like – this is weird, but yeah, it was. It didn't. It didn't show up great.
3: No, it totally. It totally made me laugh too because it, it I looked at it. I was like, "Oh my god, that's like what I do in Mav. And I'm like, "Should I go here? No, I'm gonna go to the outside." Oh, that didn't work. Oh, that. Didn't. I mean, he got the first down, which no, say, like, he say he did what he needed to do. It just did did yeah. not look very good doing it. But it was everybody saw it was like, dude, why didn't you take that inside lane? Next up, we have got. Uh, probably one of my favorite questions that we've ever gotten. Uh, This is from Shaka Carlos 10, and he wants to know, question for the podcast, who is your favorite Mario Kart character? Uh, So definitely uh, outside the Packers, but I mean, who doesn't love playing Mario Kart? So Dusty, let's start with you.
4: I've been playing quite a bit um, during quarantine. My kids are a big fan, so we kind of let them take turns picking guys. We've been doing some Mario Kart Eight quite a bit. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm a big fan. Of, they've got their own favorites, and they're fine. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Waluigi. Man, like he's 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 big and long and stringy, and so like he's just oversized for the vehicle. So his knees are always sticking out. And all the noises he makes are just insane. Uh, when you know he hits the, hits the speed boost and all that, he comes <laughs> like, like he just—he's a—he's an absolute lunatic. And he's long and lanky. He just looks awkward. Um, I'm a big fan of Waluigi.
5: Mine has always been Toad. Toad has been my go-to since I was a kid and played Mario Kart on the GameCube. Um, I don't know why. I just think like he was small and little and fast and I just always wanted to win and he's really good at drifting Um, I always find that whenever I play with Toad he drifts really well on some of those sharp turns Um, so yeah Toad's my guy he's always been my guy always will be
3: and I've always been a big Yoshi guy uh, yeah. for whatever reason, <laughs> love, just, just love Yoshi. It's always been, uh, he's always the fun one. Like when you could get, when you could hop on him on uh, Super Mario, was it was a Super Mario two, I think ride him around and he get like, yeah, yeah, it was always a good time. But yeah, in, in Mario Kart, I always love Yoshi. That's just always my go-to. He's got, he's got a little bit of the speed to it, a little bit of the handling and somehow some way he always ends up like close to winning, if not winning all the time. So always loved a Yoshi. Next up, we've got Cole Pope. Do you all think that there's a way the voters will give the MVP award to both Mahomes and Rodgers this year, like in '97 when Barry Sanders and Brett Favre both won? Is that even a thing anymore? So, Sarah, let's start with you. What do you think? Co MVPs?
5: I don't think they're going to do that. I, I just can't see it happening. I would absolutely love Aaron Rodger, for Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP. I think he definitely has a case for it. But I feel like the NFL, like, they're just going to give it to Mahomes because they love Mahomes. Everybody always talks about him. I mean, I, obviously, not even being biased, I think Rodgers should get the MVP. But I think it will go to Mahomes. Um, and, obviously, he's great, too. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, but I don't. I don't see them like sharing it anymore. I, I know they do the State Farm commercials together and all that, but I don't. I still don't think that that's going to happen.
4: Yeah, I feel like the the ninety that was a, that was a weird circumstance, and I I, I don't see a situation where you give MVPs to the same position like that was like Sanders was insane that year and Favre was insane that year so uh, let's, let's go ahead and split it but I don't I, I don't see it with two quarterbacks I can see a situation where you give MVP to one and offensive player of the year to another because there's no internal logic in this stuff so I could see that happening but co-MVP no and I mean I'll say I mean just watching watching Mahomes, I've been watching that Kansas City offense uh I'm like I wouldn't be mad a bit if Mahomes got it. I mean, if Russell Wilson got it, like that's dumb. I feel like he's kind of thrown himself out of the running at this point. But Mahomes, what the season Mahomes is putting together is absurd. The stuff he is doing on the field is absurd. And Rodgers is doing having a very very good season. But I mean, Mahomes is what that Kansas City offense is doing is just it's absolutely insane to watch. Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't think MVPs. That, that that does not seem possible to me right now.
3: Yeah, the things Kansas City does, it's just a different level. Like, the Packers are doing an amazing job on offense. And they're, you know, they'll, they'll hit some big plays and things like that. But when you watch, like, I watched the game on Sunday with the Homes Brady, and everybody's touting how awesome it was. And, I mean, Terry Hill had 200 yards in the first freaking quarter. And it looked easy. It looked real easy. It wasn't, it wasn't even a problem. Like, just... All of a sudden, I'm like 25 yard line. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna roll back. I'm gonna just chuck it deep and 75 yard touchdown later. No, no big deal. Like it was just a flick of the like, like Rodgers can do flick of the wrist. But it, it's. I feel like it's just different. Um. I mean, you know who would love co MVPs is is the Am fan. They would. They would. Uh. All whoever is their Allstate, all state, Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yes, Allstate. Yeah. That. Okay. Stay Farm. State, state, Farm. Farm. It's state Farm. State Farm. 84. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about American fan, uh, you know, Miller Park slash American Family Park now, whatever that is going to be. Uh, State Farm would absolutely love co MVPs. That would be just. That would be. That would be gold for them. But no, I agree with you guys. I don't think they will do co MVPs. I think unless somehow, some way, they end up with like the exact same stats, where <laughs> it's it's like they each have five thousand yards. They each have. Forty seven touchdowns, they each have seven interceptions. Like somehow, some way that happens. Maybe you can start talking, but still. It's there will be one choice that will be made. And I think it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch the rest of the season, how it all goes. Especially with COVID. That's gonna be another I don't know, wrench in the system. I mean, they're already using the Ravens and switching back to, like, 400 days later. But anyway, uh, that's a whole nother topic. Next up, we've got Jay who wants to know, would you rather see the Packers sweep the division for the rest of your lifespan or win one more Super Bowl? So there's a lot of, like, speculation, I guess, or ways to take this. But, Dusty, we'll start with you. How are you kind of perceiving this question? What was your answer to it?
4: My perception is that you get the one Super Bowl guaranteed, and that's it. So if you pick the one option, you're guaranteed one Super Bowl, and you are guaranteed no other Super Bowls. No Super Bowls ever. That's how I read that. Whereas the other one is you sweep the division every single year, and that doesn't necessarily mean you don't win the Super Bowl. It just means you're not guaranteed one. That's my read of the question. So if that's the correct read, which who knows, but if that is – I'm taking the sweep the division because if you're sweeping the division, you're essentially making the playoffs every single year. You'll be making the playoffs unless there's some weird fluke stuff. I think the Raiders did that some years ago. Where they swept the division and ended up with six wins and did not make the, or Chargers or something did that. But you're pretty much guaranteed playoff spot every year. And then from there, you just see what happens. I mean, obviously a guaranteed Super Bowl win, you absolutely want but if you're sweeping the division and you're getting in the playoffs every single year, now you've got the chance of multiple Super Bowl wins instead of just one, and then you're just then it's just done from there. So I'm gonna go, I'll go sweep the division. Plus, you're sweeping the division, which is awesome in one year. If you're doing that every single year, that's just that's really fun. That's just really fun.
5: Yeah, and I uh, my thought process was very similar. And just to add on that, Dusty, I was thinking like, what if? They were guaranteed the one Super Bowl they won, and then all of the other years they were terrible. That would be awful. It would be really cool, yes, if the Packers won the Super Super Bowl, but then they're just going to be bad after that. I, I don't know. I'm not willing to take that risk. Um, if they're um, winning the division every year, then like let's go. Obviously, they're a great team, um, and they're they're going to go far in the playoffs. And I like you know the odds there. A lot better, have a great team every year. Hopefully, get to the Super Bowl and win. Versus, I don't know what's going to happen, and but you'll win one time. I, I'm going to take where I have more I'm, odds.
4: To win. We're talking about the Eagles this week, right? I mean, you're basically you're describing the Eagles. You want a Super Bowl, and now you're you're cap shot, and you're looking at a multi-year rebuild. Like that's <laughs> that that would be what we'd be talking about uh, for the for forever. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm totally with you guys. That's uh, I, I think that's the best way to go is giving a shot at the Super Bowl every year as opposed to just one guaranteed Super Bowl. I mean, you've got Aaron Rodgers. You're telling me you're sweeping the division and you're going to the playoffs? Like, yeah, sell me. Like, I'm sold every single time. Like, they're get me into the dance and then see what happens. So, I think that's pretty pretty easily. That's that's the answer for all three of us. So. Next up, we have a two-parter from Eric Rose, uh, one of our good good friends and listeners who always brings the, the fun stuff. So first off, he wants to know, the optimistic looking forward and assuming that there are no fans in any building, would you rather play an NFC championship game at Seattle or New Orleans if it cannot be at Lambeau? So, Sarah, let's start with you. Where would you rather play, Seattle or New Orleans?
5: New Orleans for a couple of reasons. One, they already went there and won, and there were a few fans at that game. And then two, it's just not as far. So I, the Packers always kind of get messed up with the whole West Coast thing, so at least they're not going all the way to the West Coast. They're just kind of going down to Louisiana there. So I would pick New Orleans.
4: And I'm I'm going way simpler than that. It's just New Orleans has a dome. Like that's that's really what it comes down to. With the uh, yeah, <laughs> Steve, you and I are on the same page there. It's I mean, listen, I love playoff football in the snow. If it's if it's Lambeau Field, like that's amazing. The atmosphere is incredible. But also the way this Packers team is built. I mean, they can beat you through. I mean, we saw what happened. Uh, was it the Vikings? The high wind game? Like you get, you introduce the elements. You just there's just unknowns that you don't know what are going to happen, and and Rogers will just tear teams up in a dome. So just yeah, I don't even feel like I have to say any more than that. Just give me the dome, man.
3: Yeah, that was my thought exactly. Is you know Seattle rain like in the in January and fe- whatever the hell the game's going to be? I mean with COVID, who the hell knows when the game's April? actually <laughs> going to be? Yeah, I mean who knows? Who legit knows when that game's actually going to occur? So I mean in Seattle, there's always rain, and i mean i'll I'll take the indoor comfortable seven sixty nine degrees stadium every single time for Aaron Rodgers, who can throw the ball all over the field and and do that every single day. so we will do that uh and then for his uh with the second question, we're going to do that. We have a special guest that is going to join us for that. Uh Eric wants to know, after heroin's quote unquote interesting popcorn experience, how do you all feel about popcorn and how do you like it? So for those of you who don't follow along, uh Jacob Westendorf apparently puts a slice of cheese on his popcorn and then microwaves it, um which is just fascinating to to understand, but uh that's a whole nother podcast to to dive into that. Uh, so, being the um, you know detail-oriented person that I am, I actually tried three different types of cheese popcorns to see what what would be the best. And I did a nacho cheese on top of one. I did a melted mozzarella cheese on top of one, and then I did a uh, like a, a shaken cheddar cheese salty combination uh, that you would more see at like the movie theater. And I will say whoever told me that the nacho cheese sauce was the best was a freaking fool because that was disgusting. The mozzarella cheese on top, um, not too bad, not too bad. But, again, you have to eat that, like, really quickly because some hardened cheese, I, like, I can't imagine that's good. And then the saltiness of the the popcorn from the movie theater cheese, like, that's just, that's outstanding. Uh, so I ate a little bit of each bowl. I took a picture, I tweeted it out, and then... My lovely wife texted me telling me that she had finished off the bowls and she has strong opinions on this. So, for her first ever podcast appearance, here's my wife Kristen with her hot takes on popcorn and cheese.
6: Hey, what's up? I've got some hot takes on popcorn. (laughs) And everyone is just laughing at me. Let me tell you, though, I will tell you, those three popcorns, they were pretty, pretty good. The first one uh, had some mozzarella cheese, and it was just quite the delight. It was crunchy and wonderful at the same time. Don't you agree, Steve? What is happening (laughs) right now?
4: I like, it's like we stepped into the, like NPR studio. I'm a fan. I like whatever what this you? is, whatever's happening right now, I like this.
6: What are you doing? <laughs> Anyways, the second popcorn consisted of the traditional ballpark flavor packet spread on it. That was a classic. That I highly recommend. Two thumbs up, folks. Two thumbs up. It's like Siskel and Ebert. We're getting two, mu- two thumbs up. <laughs> Finally the last bowl of popcorn had some of this disgusting disgusting nacho cheese on top of it what kind of sociopath puts nacho cheese on the top of popcorn i'm sorry it was disgusting didn't you say all three were delicious i changed my mind at this point <laughs> in time it it was a real time change i don't know what to say If that's what I said, that's not what I feel now. Nacho cheese is disturbing and disgusting. And what a crazy maniac came up with that. Probably like a very lovely person in real life, but my God, just terrible. You know, just just go with the classic, you know. Maybe even the the mozzarella was okay, you know. But the, the ballpark classic powder, oh, it was mwah, 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 delightful. And that's all I have to say about that.
3: Well, um, that was (laughs) interesting. Interesting to say the least. I'm not sure my wife will ever join us again on the podcast, but it was always fun to hear her her takes on everything
2: popcorn
3: related. It It was good. No, it was good. Um Closing thoughts, that, 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 that kind of wraps it up for us this week. Dusty, tell me what's what articles you got, videos, what's what's going on in Packers World for you.
4: Yeah, so uh, three, three main articles this week. I actually did four the previous week because uh, things got away from me, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let me write this. But I'm doing my normal three, so I've got um, – Yesterday about Packer Report, I wrote about uh, the mirrored smash variation the Packers ran. They ran some version of mirrored smash against the Colts uh, seven times, had really good success with it, and then they came back this week with a really nice variation on uh, third and two to kind of pick that up. So got into that a little bit, kind of looked at, okay, well, how'd they do, what they, how'd they set this up, how'd they make this look like this, and then, you know, how did it succeed? So that was a really fun look, I think, especially since I just spent... Uh, And I got the amount of time looking at Mirrored Smash the previous week to be like, oh, hey, this was cool. They set this up. Um, So that was cool. Uh, And then today over at Packer Report, I've got a – it's supposed to be a pressure look, which the Packers' pressure package for this week was essentially – don't let Travisky beat you with his legs. So it was really kind of, they didn't send a whole lot of stuff at him. They kept it pretty basic. Just keep those four man, every now and then a fifth man, just went up front, just shove back, make him uncomfortable, and then make sure he doesn't break out. Because if he's going to beat you, it's going to be with his legs. Don't let him beat you with your legs. So I, I think I get into that a little bit, the strategy behind that. And then I did get into uh, the Savages' two interceptions because that was more interesting to look at <laughs> from a wider perspective. And then uh, over at Cheesehead later today, I've got an article on the Packers' use of mesh and uh, their play-action bootleg and variations of that from this past week, including the the big touchdown to, uh, to Tunyon was a variation on that PA boot uh, that we've seen in the past. Um, most of the times I think we've seen that it's been a roll right, throw left, uh, and this time it was a roll left, throw right uh, that worked really well. So, um uh, yeah, fun fun week. A lot of really good stuff they put out there this week, and uh, most of it succeeded, which is always uh, always makes for a good week.
3: Dusty, I, I was laughing because all I remembered was being at the Bears game with you and your brothers, and seeing how close the safeties were playing to the <laughs> line of scrimmage. And they're like, they're daring him to throw it. Yeah. They just they know he can, and it was the same thing this week. Like seven crazy. seven yards off the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was outstanding. Sarah, what do you got for us?
5: The usual. Have my uh, game recap on. Uh, that'll be out Sunday after uh, the Eagles game. You guys, once again, continue to come through and share some great halftime takeaways and final takeaways. Um, so thank you guys, and I look forward to seeing what you have this week. Um, on a completely different and random note, it is. 41 degrees in Florida right now, and when I wake up tomorrow, or when I wake up on Wednesday, it will be in the 30s. So I am <laughs> thrilled. I am going to sleep very well this week with a bunch of blankets and cooler <laughs> weather. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's awesome. I saw Floridians were uh, trending on Twitter today about uh, how people were, you know. Complaining about the cold weather, I was not one of those people. I am very <laughs> excited that it is cold, and yeah, I'm just I'm just living living it up because it's finally winter in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I've got something that has nothing to do with football whatsoever, but uh, I was talking with Dusty and Sarah before the show started, and I was kind of talking with them because there, we did the popcorn takes, we did all this kind of stuff, and I was like, well. What kind of weird things do you guys do for food that that nobody else does? And Sarah told me that she loves ramen, but she just does like the store bought ramen and doesn't, you know, straight up and that can be fun, but I will tell everybody for a life changing experience <laughs> to add a little garlic salt, add some add a scrambled egg to your ramen and then throw a slice of cheese on top of it and your mind will be freaking blown the next time you have ramen. So Uh, It's a little variation, but a lot of fun. Also, if you're making scrambled eggs, throw a little cinnamon on top of it when you're scrambling them. It's very, very good. Never would expect it. So Um, besides that, thank you guys as always for listening. And your interactions today were insanity (laughs) Um, between the popcorn takes and the questions that you guys had. It was just a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, had dinner with my family and then all of a sudden I came back and had 36 notifications on Twitter. so <laughs> always a good time, always a good time but thank you guys for the interactions. so follow us again at uh, on Twitter at Sarah Kelleher four at Dusty Evely at Steve Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. We will be back next week celebrating, hopefully, a Packers win over the Eagles and Jalen Hurts playing under three-and-a-half snaps. (laughs) So it should be a good one. Uh, We still don't know what our payoff is going to be for that bet, so if you have any ideas, feel free to tweet us. That will be a a lot of fun. But thank you for listening. Five-star reviews are always welcome. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go!